Episode 282 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt. Joined once again this week by my explosive co-hosts, Peter and Jake. <laughs> That's a fantastic intro, Kurt. Because this is a good movie uh, that we're celebrating here <laughs> on this. This, the, the corrugated <laughs> graham cracker laminate edition of the cast. Uh, the world's strongest building structure that's also a cracker for over a hundred years. Layers of graham cracker. Layers. Layers. Just like this movie had layers. Your graham cracker house has never been stronger. God, I haven't had a graham cracker in years. I used to live for that shit. The cinnamon sugar ones. Ooh. Oh, God. There was there was that was my jam. There was a while where I put some peanut butter <laughs> on top of that. Mm, you were in business. There was there was a while where my mom would get like graham crackers. Is like I don't know her Weight Watchers people were like, oh you know graham crackers only like one or two points or a great snack for something sweet, and then I would just house them all because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> these are good. And my mom's like those are my that, those are my snacks for the week. Thanks. You're dead to me. That and vanilla wafers, man. Dude, like, vanilla wafers. My fucking my sister's Chihuahua Lola used to just fucking like when you were eating them on the couch, just shove her fucking face in the box and like pull out two or three of them and run away. It's like you're not supposed to eat that, you fucking freak. <laughs> God, why were like, why were all the best like wheat? wheat cracker type stuff they were made by like weird pastor people who didn't want you to touch yourself so they're like cornflakes that'll stop them because that was i'll make a i'll make a brown sugar cracker <laughs> keep their, their, their thought won't even work <laughs> their thought was that we replace one sin mm -hmm. with another yeah. well <laughs> we keep their hands their busy we're replaced with graham crackers. can't jack yourself off if you constantly got your hands wrist deep into into some goldfish boxes. Come on. I'm addicted to these sons of bitches. I got no babe, time to jack eating, off, man. I've been eating Nabisco all week, babe. I'm safe. <laughs> I think oh, that's how feeding That's almost started. as weird as this fucking movie. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I said it was a good movie. I was uh, lying. Yeah. Because my brain was on graham crackers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. This this movie is uh, is something else, and it's also where we're coming but at. But it's you. emanating live from somewhere. It is, yeah, well, yeah, right? it, we're coming at you live from the discount VHS store. We, we thought we ordered Borderlands. Mm, no, no, this is Ghostlands. Much better. It's better. Much better. Come on, it's Ghostlands. Was it sweeted? <laughs> this feels like it's a movie that was sweeted. And that's from a what? deep cut. I don't know. <laughs> We should oh, we should review that movie. Oh, I don't know if I could sit for that movie again. Was it? A, I I remember enjoying it. Fair. It enough. wasn't bad, but it like I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. My tastes have changed since. Maybe it, it's true. time to revisit it. Um. But yeah, this prisoner in the ghost lands. Uh. Just. It's, like we, it, it it seems like it's, it's hard pattern. to do it justice. 
for every good, unexpectedly good Nick Cage movie, there must be an equal and opposite movie. Nick Cage movie you didn't expect to be good, but wasn't entertaining in the morbid sense, like Jiu-Jitsu. We expected mm-hmm. that to be like a fun, terrible B movie. Was not that fun. Just terrible. Uh, and then, then we had Willy Willy's Wonderland, which we all enjoyed. And then we had Pig, mm-hmm. which was great. Ah, yeah. And now we've and got then there's we got Prisoners of the Ghostland. Ghost no. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's all. I mean, it's all the Newtonian, uh, you know, laws of Cage. For every mm-hmm. yeah. For every terrible Kate. Nick Cage movie, there's an equal and opposite good Nick Cage movie. It's it's well documented mm-hmm. that Isaac Newton did a lot of research yeah. on Nick yeah. Cage. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that was like the actually the uh, what the next uh, National Treasure movie was going to be about, um, and then for some reason they canceled it. Uh, they thought the Newtonian uh, laws of Cage was too fourth wall breaking. Uh, universe breaking, in fact. Mm-hmm. Wait, you can rent this video? We Oh, God. Okay. I just saw an option to rent this on Prime Video. <laughs> yeah, it was like six ninety nine to fucking rent or something like yeah. that. I'm like, fuck that shit. No. <laughs> I'm not going to give money um, to this bullshit. <laughs> Come on. This, yeah, bullshit's the best way to describe it. Like, I guess, so, this guy, Sion Sono... He's kind of one of these cult-following, like, auteur directors, I guess, who's made a lot of stuff that people like. This but is this his one first was... English-language movie. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of Japanese for his first English movie. God damn it. Yeah. That's well, like half credit. I mean, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade from the all-Japanese movies he used to make, I guess. <laughs> But with less, with, with subtitles that we didn't realize were there till halfway well, through. Well, like, no, no, I don't think it's we didn't realize it because I was, I watched this movie sober, which was a mistake. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, hand to God, there were sections that were not subtitled. Yes, some of like the the smaller dialogues didn't. So was, there was there was just random Japanese bits that weren't subtitled. I don't speak a lick of Japanese. I'm not a weeb. Um, oh, so like that was just all out the window for me. And then there were some sections that were subtitled. I'm like, why is this not? Consi- I almost turned on subtitles for pl- on Plex, but then I realized this movie isn't technically out yet. So mm. I don't know if there's going to be a subtitle file floating out there yeah maybe uh, you need some um, some next level computer programming to listen to the audio coming out of your speakers and uh translate it le- real time and even then then you just have the words to this baffling fucking piece this this like high school play <laughs> this this more than anything feels to me like the experience of walking through harder hall <laughs> like we've yes, talked about actually this is where they take all the art degree students in japan they just put them on this movie there is there's an amazing amount of truth to that and we will get into it all uh at the appropriate yeah. time but first and when we do we have we to have look at the trivia 
um because i knew this fucking movie oh. had some some gems in it so stay tuned okay, we'll look at the trivia then too all right i yeah i was gonna read like a plot summary because after i finished the movie i'm like what the fuck did i just watch yeah but then i lost all motivation <laughs> to do that under any any sort of pretense mm-hmm. um all right, so we got trailers here in our weekly trailer roundup segment of Trey Watch. To watch. And let's uh let's start with uh I don't know, what do you guys want to start with? The human we'll start with the humans. <laughs> no fucking good ones. The the best place to start. Humans. Um I guess this was a play. Um I do not know much about the play this looks like do you remember that hannibal burris bit where he was talking about using one of those like weird off broadway plays that was in an apartment building this feels like it was that but i don't think so um it's like it's just a family talking and they're all really fucking sad and it's kind of a little depressing and they all live in a little rundown apartment in new- is this in new york like, city yeah. it looks like a new york Probably. city apartment I mean, it kind of looks like Chinatown, but there are a lot of uh, cities in America. Oh, Stephen mm-hmm. Yun's in this. That's cool. This is one of those. I can I can see the theater influence very strongly because it looks like this movie is going to be two hours of straight dialogue. Fun fact about Stephen Yun: he and Conan O'Brien appear in a real K-pop music video. <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's, that sounds uh, perfect. I feel like Conan is is weirdly like a big star in Japan. I feel like he's he's just got that vibe. He, well, yeah. Um, no, Korea, Yeah, right? he did Conan Japan. Yeah, yeah. He did. There was a Conan Korea and a Conan okay. Japan. Um, as we all know that I am secretly Conan O'Brien, <laughs> so I speak from experience. Um, <laughs> I grow four inches and style my hair in a pompadour. Um. Yeah. Which so of, which of us there's... is Schlansky then? And which I, of us is Andy think, Richter? I don't think we have a Schlansky. I think Peter, you're you're definitely um, Andy Richter. You are you are my Andy Richter. That yeah. is that is. Yeah. Fair. Okay. All right. I can be the chair <laughs> that Andy Richter sits on. <laughs> we, yeah. We don't. I guess. I guess if anyone was to be. A Jordan Schlansky to my Conan O'Brien, it would be Zach. Yeah. I'll just be the weekly yeah. guest. I'll just do different like things. Every week. That's our next podcast. <laughs> the off Conan O'Brien worker. <laughs> it's a video cast. Has Conan ever made a movie? Um, I don't I mean he's been in a couple movies. I think he's had cameos, but he's never mm-hmm. like starred in anything. You should have the Conan O'Brien movie. What it would do? We, uh, well, he, I like. All right, I'll, I'll rephrase that. There was like a, a, like concert movie sort of thing. Okay. Um, in 2011, in between, uh, when he was on NBC and before Conan started on TBS, um, I forget what it was called. Is like he had a he had a comedy tour like the something. Legally allowed to be funny or something like that, um, and they did like a, a behind the scenes documentary of that. 
Um, mm-hmm. and it was it was a thing. It was a thing I watched on on like 2012 Netflix. Yeah. Uh, um, will this be a thing I'll be watching? Probably not. Probably like, not. It's there's gonna be one thing that like happens in the movie. Otherwise, from what I've seen all here, it could essentially be an audio play. So, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's a recent addition to that list because I've been working through my posters, 12 Angry Men. Mm -hmm. 12 Angry Men is a movie where 90% of it takes place in one room, and it's all driven by dialogue, and it is one of the most engaging movies I've ever seen. Okay. So it can work. It's a thing that can work. But mm-hmm. from this, I don't, I don't get that Twelve Angry Men feel. That's a movie we should we should cover on the show. Yeah, I would one like of these to. weeks. I remember watching um, it a long time ago. I think. And, uh, you know, it's it's got a good cast, and it 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 like kind of touches on some mm-hmm. contemporary social themes. Oh sure. So it's got that going for it. I, I can see this being a critical darling, but I'm not... I'm just not feeling it, personally. Mm-hmm. It looks a little... I don't know. looks like it's trying a little hard to me. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's not going to... Well, I can't imagine I mean, it. It's, it's really like... It's like it, I can't imagine that having like that plot that kind of like grips you. Maybe, sure, maybe it might have like some really interesting story or character development, character piece um, of this family, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe it'll be some Emmy bait or oh, some is of this that. Like, there's like I guess a horror element in this, like it's a spooky night that they, they don't show this the trailer, but I'm reading the description. I'm talking about like night falling and like creepy crawlies. Scaring, scaring Speak, people. Speaking of movies that may have a supernatural element, but I'm not entirely sure. We got Passing here, uh, starring Tessa Thompson, who is doing a voice that just takes me out of the movie right away. <laughs> um, yeah, it's this about is... It's it's Netflix trash, so there's that. <laughs> this is like a Netflix racial version of like Victor Victoria if it wasn't a comedy. Yeah, you know? so I guess yeah, the I plot don't know, is like just I guess not really. Maybe that's a kind of a weird a bad comparison, but it just kind of like that's what it reminded me of. It's like, oh, I remember Victor Victoria. That was kind of a fun movie. Or a fun show. Yeah. So this the whole the whole shtick here is that uh, Ruth Nega's character is a light-skinned black woman who can be white passing, and she chooses to do that, and she's married a white guy who... A man of his time, shall we say. Uh, yeah, super who racist. has some, some yeah. backwards opinions on race relations. Uh, I think the direct quote was... Um... You don't, you don't like, uh, 
Right. She asked if he, if he I, like, no, liked Negroes. Dislike Negroes. He's like, no, I don't dislike them. I hate them. Yeah. Um, direct, direct quote. Direct quote. Not personal views. I get. Then, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he can't see because like he's looking right at the the fucking black chick. Yeah. This is um, the, it's kind of oh, that's so. True. That's like true. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he's like blind or if there's a supernatural element to this. I don't think it's, it's that. To, I, that just yeah, that does seem like a really weird so um, scene because yes, he is literally right in front of the main character who is a black woman and not pretending to be anything else but a black woman. So here, um, here's this, and he's just like, and he's not. <laughs> Here's a st- unless it, unless it's supposed to be a very tense scene, it, it doesn't it seem probably, like it just yeah. seems like he doesn't realize. Here's a storyline. Uh, so, and this will answer our question: uh, mixed race childhood friends reunite in middle class adulthood and become increasingly involved with one another's lives and insecurities. While Irene identifies as African American and is married to a black doctor, Claire, uh, I believe that's Ruth's uh, character, passes quote passes as white and has married a prejudiced but wealthy white man. So. Uh, kind of gonna mm-hmm. dip into those uh, icky parts about like how far would you kind of sell your soul to have like a cushy mm-hmm. life? And then is the twist gonna be that they're both a lesbian? Oh, I don't know. Are they lesbians with each other? Um, it's the L word. Probably, probably she says I'm actually black and introduces her to her black parent, and then he kills her. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Just trying to um, find yeah, the best possible. If outcome. this is bad, people will will blame the people criticizing it as as haters. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Rebecca Hall. This is her directorial debut. She's an actress. She's been in in movies like The Town. I think she was in Godzilla vs King Kong as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So people. People in the comments were like, "Oh, it's directed by Rebecca Hall. Hyping that up." It's like it. She hasn't directed anything. We don't yeah. know if she's gonna <laughs> no. be good at it. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I guess the big, um, I guess maybe I don't even know if it's a selling point, but um, it's gonna feel like a timepiece because it's in black and white. Uh, maybe an yeah, illusion. That's, that's the- a funny thing. There's there's a quote in the trailer that says, "Nothing is black and white," and the movie's in black and white. Yeah, that's nah. a healthy dose nah. of irony. Nah. Yep, yep. And um, uh, maybe it's also to like pass, huh? Quote pass, um, pass Ruth's character uh, off more as white, but she definitely has like characteristics uh, that would like are not commonly found in, in white women. And it's yeah, she has very African American features. Yeah, it's just it's just really I don't know, it's just really weird. I I don't know if I like the premise of the movie. Like I I understand the premise. It's like a social commentary period piece sort of deal. Um, I'm just listening to her dialogue I don't right now. Like, I don't think Tessa Thompson's a good actress. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't think she's really going to be able to. Well, that's. That's the thing. Bring a Carry lot it. of nuance. I don't. I don't know if she's girl. the right pick for like something that carries this much weight. I mean, this is pretty heavy Definitely material. Not. Like I've seen, I've seen her in a few things. I've seen her in, obviously Thor. I've seen her in. Sorry to bother you. 
and I've seen her in Men in Black International. All pretty um, uh, lighthearted. And and she's not great in any of them. Yeah, <laughs> not great. Also, uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe she is. Her niche is uh, dramatic acting, and this is going to be her breakout role because nobody has put her in anything that has tested her metal, and now she's going to show her thespian roots. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a crapshoot. It's Pre- Netflix press trash. <laughs> press X to doubt. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. uh, <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird choice for everyone involved. Um, Speaking of weird I, choices, um, Macbeth <laughs> is coming out as a movie um, on on Apple. Yeah, the- on Apple Plus, Joel Cohen. Wrote, directed, I'm not sure. The Tragedy of um, Macbeth has a trailer out. Um, okay. It's yeah. labeled as a trailer, but this is a teaser. I don't... The The industry needs to agree on what is a teaser and what is a trailer. <laughs> um, so it's uh, by A24. Um, so you're going to get a little bit artistic in here, maybe a little bit autistic You know what you're here. getting with an A24 Hey, look, it's, and it's in black and white again. It's in black and white. It's a thing that people want. Uh, who is that? Um, uh, oh, my God. I can't think of his name. Who? The guy playing Macbeth? Is that Macbeth? I can't... Well, I can't really tell. Yeah, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. I wanted to say something Washington. I wanted to say George Washington Carver. I knew I was wrong in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, that... I would have been wrong. I don't think that's (laughs) right. uh, So I'm not going to say that as an option. (laughs) But I just want you to know that was coming around up there. The history of... uh... Of well-known uh, black Scotsman, <laughs> yeah, carried on by Tensel uh, Washington. You know, it's great. But uh, I don't know. It, it seems like it's a it's a fun piece for all these actors uh, to try to do a uh, classic. You know, um, it, it kind of felt that way with Beth. cats. You know, why they got all those big actors for for cats, and it just felt like it, maybe it was a fun project for them. To relive the days of a everyone concert. knows what Macbeth is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Washington, while not a bad actor, I don't really see as being Shakespearean. He likes doing. He does like doing like theater stuff though, because he was in um, Fences. I remember that because I remember watching the the um, I don't got to love you monologue from that, which is pretty. He does a pretty good job of it. He's not a bad actor. I'm not trying to say that, but he's no. at a point in his career, at least the last few things I've seen him in seem kind of phoned in. So it's an interesting choice for him to try to do Shakespeare. Yeah. So uh, Mac- maybe he'll he'll just really take it on and it'll fucking light a fire under him. Maybe. Well, I mean, it's Macbeth. Like, it's hard to fuck up. Mm-hmm. The story's already written. It's like, yep. I'm, I feel like they they did Green Knight just so they could like get the alley oop to try and dunk this one. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're doing like old the old UK islands misty primeval kind of vibe. Okay, we'll do Green Knight first to make sure it works. 
and we'll have we'll have our main guy come into a come into a rag. Well, I mean, and then we'll and then we'll make Macbeth. We can debate. These are all whether... key po- key moments in the timeline. Yeah, we can debate how well Green Knight worked. <laughs> it's uh. Well, I mean, I was yeah. they, I was able to watch it to, to completion, the, uh, so I guess it technically worked. Completion. Um. No, the they 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 need to get the tech down for filming Misty Scrubland. That was an important. That was an important feature that they needed to learn about. Why has that been the film. theme with our last several movies and then Macbeth? Because <laughs> people get a fucking hard on for a certain visual aesthetic. Oh yeah, more dry ice. They just they just go for it. Send in the dry it's so ice. easy to make, and, it, <laughs> and it's an uncommon thing in nature Man, to find. The fog machine Smoke. industry in Hollywood must be just loving life right now. Fog machines what, are like hot an, right now. Fog Our stock is so hot up. right now. <laughs> fog machines. Fog machines like a, on scrublands are so hot right now. <laughs> I'm looking at some top tier um, fog machines. Uh, we got. I'm sure. I'm sure there are models that retail for like six or seven k. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, these might be for different things. <laughs> there's the um. The, there's the American DJ. It's what it's got a little hose attachment on it. Low line fog machine with DMX. That's it's got to give it to you. It's <laughs> called give it to you. That it being dry ice fog. <laughs> um. But we have this. Uh, vector fog. It looks like it's a fog thrower. Essentially, it literally looks like a fucking gun. Um, and it's from Your Grow Depot, which I don't know why it's in a like a lawn and garden store. But it's it's there, and it is high end, oh, and it's six hundred dollars. Like, looks like the cops will pull me over if I have that in my back seat. Yeah, that's a uh, sir. It's an interesting. You have design. a permit for that Vector Fog H one hundred SF thermal fogging machine? Oh yes, I do. Okay, good. Be on your way. Oh, you're supposed to put shit in it and like pesticide your entire fucking crop field. Oh yeah. Or if you're really cool, dump a shit ton of hash oil in there and create the worst fucking hot box of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. You want me to hot box this high school gymnasium? Let's go. <laughs> you guys want to enjoy your region's tests? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where you take a fucking, like, you take a federal crime amount of hash oil. You put it uh, in and you I shove that a, thing in the I fucking ventilation a, unit. If I had a dime for every time I got super high during region's week... I'd have a solid 60 cents. <laughs> if I had One a dime bag, chest. I would get high during every region's week. <laughs> you uh, boys want to void your AP scores? <laughs> Woo! I remember I got selected to to take the fucking English regions on January regions week, and I was so pissed off that I didn't get the fucking week off like everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, those fucking those last ones. That was with that was the engineering finals too, where you just get like you get the fucking ass shift. Like the only people who got worse final times than us were the astronomy class because you had to take it at night. 
Well, the astro- I don't know what the final schedule was like, but the, that class was once a week, and it was 8 to midnight. That's cool. Um, Bring a yeah, fucking I never, snack. I never, I never I'm a Scorpio, because... so I could... Well, I'm attacking an I'm an Aries, but... I'm an Aries. <laughs> the, thing about it, <laughs> the thing about taking that as a material Astrology science major is I had, like... Maybe two semesters my entire collegiate career where I didn't have a class at 8 a.m. sharp. So taking a class that didn't get out till midnight would have been a, would have been a struggle. Did you ever meet challenge. anybody who was like a real deal astrology bitch? Like a like will plan oh. their outfit. I, there, it's a her. We all plan know. their. Did people do that? Oh, I'm they sure, dude. I, they they wake up, eat hot chip lie, vote Democrat, check horoscope, <laughs> and then be like, oh my gosh, I better wear my red leggings because uh, Mercury's in fucking retrograde and I cannot miss my 2.30 class because I go into a deep coma nap at 12. Yes, I've known girls like that. <sighs> yeah. That did like astral chart mapping. Yeah, dude. And shit like that, I'm like, you know, if you just channeled this energy into anything else, you'd be so much further ahead in life. <laughs> and they're like on it. They know like other ones are like, oh, don't worry about them. They're like a Virgo, I bet, because like their mood is really like fluctuating right now. So you don't really want to approach them with any hard hitting decisions because they're going to lose it. I would go with approaching a Scorpio instead. They're right now. So, they're 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 the decisive ones. <laughs> what if I told you that the month someone was born in had no bearing on their personality? <laughs> That's just small-minded. Okay. Last night I left my Helix crystal out. In front of the full moon this morning. Your helix fossil, you're going to get out of this. This morning, it was slightly warmer. And I could tell that it was just full of that cosmic energy. Well, Jake. And I had nothing but good luck today. Jake, you know it's because it absorbed the Blutz waves. So don't get around any Saiyans. Keep away from Saiyans. They will destroy your house if they can they expose They will turn into a great ape. I better just take it to the scientist so he can turn it into an... Yeah, Ammonite. He'll make, a, he'll make an android out of it, sure. <laughs> it might that's be what, like that's a what Android 16 was thing. made out of. Crystal healing. <laughs> Crystal healing. Um, oh, what are we, we doing right now? Before we move on from this... I'm telling you when next Mercury is in retrograde, which is literally next Monday until October 17th. Wait, is that actually That's a the, thing? I legitimately yes, it thought it was a Reddit shit post or something like that. No, Mercury does, in fact, go into <laughs> retrograde. What is um, that? All celestial bodies go into retrograde at, at some point yeah, in time. Because we all move at different speeds. It's it's passing them on the celestial highway. <laughs> And they give us the, and apparently astrology says it gives us the metaphysical bird as we go past. So everything's just interrupted, I guess. It's it's a it's bad energy. Bad juju, man. Got to got to make sure you put your crystals. Bad out. medicine. Oh, Jesus, I didn't realize this bad medicine. You know what? what it's like. I'm gonna get into an astrology like 
like rabbit hole tonight and I'm going to blame you for it <laughs> in every way, shape Better. and form. Speaking of every way, shape and form, uh, movies have forms and shapes sometimes if you look at them right. And uh, you're killing it right now, Jake. Yeah, knocking yeah. it out of the park. Top notch. You, you know, had a you know had a great form. You, you know, Princess Diana <laughs> before she died. <laughs> so <laughs> I like people who were killed in car crashes. So uh, I think I think a couple weeks ago or maybe a week ago we had uh, the Spencer teaser, uh, which showed a little yeah. bit of uh, uh, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. Um, and basically a uh, weird casting choice. <laughs> we got that full. Actually, you know what? I'm kind of, it's grown on me. Uh, I don't know how about her acting, but she looks the part. That's for sure. Uh, I don't I'm know. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> I think they did a good job of like making her portray it. She looks like Kristen Stewart with a weird haircut. <laughs> Well, Princess Diana had a weird haircut. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm looking at Diana right now, and uh, like it's not, it's not really all that similar. I mean, the hair's right, but the face. I mean, obviously, you can't do much about someone's face. I mean, is it? But oh, do we literally pull the fucking same picture? We, we pull the same picture. Yeah. <laughs> there are so Jesus many pictures. The chances that we rip this <laughs> because it's the front-facing like yeah, portrait yeah. shot. No, yeah, it's like the the basic the shit. Well, there's there's the there's the comp folder photo. Someone someone beat us to that, and it's uh. I don't know. I don't. I don't. That's not the image. Thank you, Google. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't see it personally. I mean, I guess it's not the worst, but well, that's, <sighs> it's not the strongest match either. I, I, I'd like to see like a better with with her with the with the wig on. Because uh, I think the, a big part is the forehead right now. And I think her hair covers a lot of her forehead. Well, Diana's features are more broad. K-Stew's got more mousy features. Like her nose is just smaller. Nose is hard to do. Actually, I wonder if they did a prosthetic. She's also got the upturned nose a little bit like I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kristen Stewart's definitely got that. Diana's got the the more downward facing nose like most of the world. Yeah, I don't think they actually. I don't think they changed that for the movie. Didn't even bother with like a prosthetic. But Pro- I mean, yeah, that seems like overkill. It, it's it's a fucking <laughs> biopic of Princess Diana. It's called Spencer. She doesn't look like her, so fuck this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't it's it's got to well, be okay, I guess. Of- it's it's poignant because what's her face. The ginger prince, his wife, is kind of mm-hmm. going for the same sort of thing. And, like, yeah, it must really fucking suck to have to fucking marry into a royal family like that. For for all the perks I'm sure it brings, you know, it, it added a lot of stress into her life. And, you know, she was, like, 
the apple of the public's eye for a long time. And, yeah. you know, the circumstances under which he died were kind of shitty. And it was a big news story for a long time. And I'm sure this isn't the first Princess Diana movie they've ever made. But it sure is the most recent. <laughs> Seeing how it, is, it hasn't come up. Yeah, yeah. It's the most recent one for sure. That's an accurate claim. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of hate for this movie, I bet, because it kind of seems like it's going to paint the royal family in a bad light. And the royal family stands oh, that are out there. To insult the royal family. I think, well, no, I it's, think it's bashing the, the royal family is kind of yeah. in vogue right now. But like, I don't know. The stands out there that are like diehard, like... Live and die by the queen. The uh, king stands. Yeah. Like the ones the that follow stands. the like, weddings and everything, and they they like want to know what's like what Prince Harry and. Oh, I feel like the the majority of, at least of British citizens, don't like the royal family. No, no, I, it's I remember seeing some sort of. Yeah, I know that there's there's a fascination with that in America, um, but I think after the. Megan Markle or whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah, the Meghan one who Markle. married mm-hmm. Harry's the ginger one, right? Yes. His wife. Uh after they like kinda like racist raced it did racist well, did he was her like out of out of there. But I get it. Like he's like, I wanna marry somebody who like I wanna be with. And no, there but my point so is many... that they were really shitty yeah. to her. Yeah. So kind of bashing the royals is in vogue right now yeah. because they had their big tell-our interview on Diane Sawyer or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Oh, Oprah. And Isn't it Oprah, I think. I don't. I don't care. I follow. <laughs> I, I'm actually. I, I'm actually. <laughs> I'm actually one of these queen stands, the royal family stands. So I'm gonna hate this movie. Um because they're going to bash. My, my point is it's kind of in vogue right now, because once again, it's happened, and they were really shitty to Diana, from what yeah. I understand. Obviously, I was, like, negative a year old when this all was I just happening. know that there was a Beanie Baby out, of her, like, in memory of her, and it was popping. But everybody got one, so it isn't worth money. So if you have a Princess Diana Beanie Baby, fucking throw it away. You're an idiot. You didn't collect yeah, anything if you rare. invested in, in Beanie Babies, that's a... Yeah, if you have any a, Beanie Babies at your house right now, just fucking get a Toss them before the toss spider them. eggs they used to pack the batch. I, I have um, a lot of Beanie Babies at my house. <laughs> I, I had a bunch of Beanie Babies. I don't my mom wanted me to them. collect them, and I thought they were going to be worth money. And then I looked them up, and it's actually like a yeah. We all, my sisters and scheme. I, all all had our our collections of Beanie Babies. I mean, that was like the thing you did in the nineties. You had you bought Beanie Babies. I want to know what uh, brainworms people had in the nineties, where it's just like I gotta collect everything, but somehow I missed the the right things, like Magic so, the Gathering. No. Mm-hmm. The Beanie 80s babies? took the drugs from the 70s and applied it to capitalism. Um, then the 90s took the capitalism of the 80s and applied it to um, crippling mental illness. 
in this case, collect. I mean, OCD. crack cocaine. Crack cocaine was big in the eighties, so I think the drugs were just just prevalent all the time. It's just and there then was the two thousands so- took the the crippling mental problems and applied it to the internet. It's a, it's a real chain. What I'm saying is, <laughs> we're, we're we're building to the heat death of the universe. <laughs> Well, it's just so crazy. Like how I mean, I guess that maybe the internet wasn't around as much, so there weren't as many blog posts that were like, "Hey guys, don't buy this. Like, don't fall in." Because everybody was like, every company and their mother were like, "Guys, if you buy one of these, you'll be a millionaire in ten years." And that was every single product, and it was everybody a fat brought thing. into it, it. Yeah, like something, something about maybe it was Pokemania, maybe it was the launch of like trading card games yeah but collecting got big in the 90s and they it was everywhere like in comic books there were so many special edition covers that they printed all the time and so they were all fucking worthless because they they weren't rare at all yeah but then they become worthless it's like all the all the beanie babies the limited edition ones but yeah yeah the beanie babies furby all this pogs fucking you know, Never was a pod person. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, and the Pokemon TCG all launched in the '90s, so yeah, that was that, like the fucking. Yeah. But that the was the big one. That was a trading card games. One. I don't know why. Maybe the, maybe that was well, more cause, rare because it's a game associated with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, intrinsically, certain things had value because they were stronger game pieces. Um. It wasn't all just like, oh, scarcity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's now it's scarcity and all that. It's cool. Yeah. Next one, after Princess Diana, we have, just like Princess Diana, she was probably seen as an underdog, um, and now she's underground. American Underdog, the teaser trailer. It's about the Rams that I know a lot about now. And about some guy named Warner, and he runs a ball, and people are like, you're an underdog. And he's like, mm-hmm. I know, I'm going to win. And, and then he wins at the end. Has, yep, and he coined his key catchphrase, you can't corner the Warner. Yeah. So, um, yep. Kurt Warner is a well-known Hall of Fame quarterback. Of course, everybody uh, knows about him. Who... Yep. who Paid for the St. Louis Rams when they were the greatest show on turf in the late nineties and at the turn of the century. And uh you know, he was a low round draft pick who kind of flamed out. Uh he was actually bagging groceries for a time before he got the call. I think there was some injury in the Rams well, quarterback. Well in the room. in the trailer it says Drew Brees went down with an injury. Well, so Drew Brees never f- played for the Rams. Oh, okay. Someone so that would be kind of weird. Retconning ancient um, history, you know, it happens. Yes, to the inspired year inspired by some kind of story. Um. So Kurt Warner was like brought in as just a camp body, but he ended up winning the starting job, and he went on to win several Super Bowls as a member of both the St. Louis Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Actually, I don't think he won with the Cardinals. He made it to the Super Bowl. Um, so he he spent four years without being named to an NFL roster 
Uh, he was signed by the Packers in 94, but was released before the regular season began. Uh, he was out of the NFL for several years, like I said, back in groceries, and then he made the 98 Rams team holding the backup position, but he became the starter in 99, and he led the greatest show on turf offense, which was, at the time, the most prolific offense the NFL had ever seen, and they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 34, I believe, and then Mm -hmm. they, uh, they were a force. He won uh, MVP honors twice. And uh, he also led the Cardinals to the Super Bowl in 2008. Actually, this, it was played in 09, but it was the 08 season. Um, he uh, also played arena football for a while, and he's the only player. I'm reading the Wikipedia. This isn't off the top of my head. Uh, he's the only player in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Arena Football Hall of Fame. That's amazing. I think kind of interesting. I think I I think I heard Green when they said Green went down or some of that. Was there um, maybe that's all Trent it was. Green? Maybe oh, number ten. Look at the ninety. I'm not, I'll confess, I'm I don't know the ninety eight Rams <laughs> roster. Very are you are even like a come on? I'm a Jets fan. I know the Jets history very well. I don't really know. The uh, Trent Green, history. yeah. Yeah, Trent Green. So maybe maybe he was the guy that went down and then he's like, oh my gosh, I can, I can he do did. it, Dad. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the starter. He had the. Put me in, coach. I mean, it was, it's, it's a good story. I'm, I'm su- not surprised they're making a movie about it, but it's kind of, it's kind of weird because this didn't happen so long. Like, I was alive. I remember Kurt Warner as as a prolific quarterback. Like this isn't so long ago. So what is it? Uh, um, twenty twenty one years until it's like, all right, let's make a movie about it. I guess. I guess that's the cutoff for for sports at least. They show him working at the grocery store in the in the trailer too. Yeah. Um. It's it's gonna be fine. Uh, Zach Levi looks enough like Kurt Warner I guess to pull it off um, but like I was talking to Peter before the show Kurt Warner's on television a lot like a lot of people have a good idea what he looks like yes of course mm. I know exactly what he looks and it's like it's a little uh, uncanny valley I guess as far as as far as you can be uncanny valley with a real person it's like oh, if he's... someone got someone else to play LeBron James in Space Jam yeah I mean, it's kind of, I guess you can liken it to uh, Moneyball, where they had Brad Pitt play Billy Bean, where you're like, I guess there's a little bit of a resemblance there, but I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Man, if only Princess Diana was still alive, that she could be like, oh, she doesn't even look anything like me. Much dead, so we will never get that chance. Just like Tom Hanks will never get a chance to love his son the right way uh, in the movie Finch. Finch, yeah. Um, so it's Castaway meets the Road meets Chippy. Uh, uh, 
either Chappy, the Chappy, dog yeah. or the robot is going to die. Yep. Uh, possibly mm. both. But maybe the dog. What dog Something's bot. going to die. Maybe the dog first, then the human, then we're just getting left with uh, a Wally a sequel, a prequel. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I'm down. Uh, Tom Hanks has settled into his role as a resident Apple TV Plus leading man. He did Greyhound, and now he's doing yep. this. He's He's got that contract. They're like, do we have a CGI dusty world for you? We've got one for all of them. Last time I'm he was sure. doing this, he was fucking... It was the one where it was in an icy wasteland instead of a dusty wasteland because he had to walk... Right, they had to walk from the one station to the other one, and there was like a meteor coming or some shit. Was that shit. Tom Hanks? That? I feel like that was Tom Hanks. Who the fuck was that? The last space movie I remember Tom Hanks being in was a. Well, it wasn't a space 13. movie. It was like it was like on Earth, but it had from space to Earth. What was that? It ice was the movie? down instead of the up. It, the direction, important. Um, unlike Roland Emmerich's Moonfall, which is again, it's from uh, up to down. And then maybe the humans go up to fight the moon coming down. Oh, that's frustrating. I don't know what he did recently. I don't know who that was. I don't think it was Tom Hanks, though. Well, we can... we can. It's pretty easy to parse his IMDb page. Yeah, oh, he's a lot of producer stuff. Yeah, let me, let me find it. Oh, well, I mean, I'll just see if he wasn't something that I remember. Um... I um, no, no, no. Filter by actor, please. Not Sully. No, no, this is all old now. Um, I thought it was like something like last year or something. Okay, I guess not. Yeah, doesn't look like it. Wait. No, never mind. I mean, it's probably a Mads Mikkelsen movie because he's typecast as being Maybe cold all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, snow movie <laughs> with there you walking. Go. You're gonna get like fucking snow dogs with Kubrick Jr. <laughs> snow movie with walking. <laughs> this is so dumb. Google's like, stop. You're gonna get snowed out or whatever. The oh, fuck I found guys. I found the best list on IMDb while we were looking for this. I just, I need you to just. Just click on it. IMDb Cancer. Sorted by popularity ascending. <laughs> Juno Temple, Lana Wachowski, Scott Porter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't Abdul say star, it doesn't say star sign cancer. Cause they know the star signs of all these actors. It just says cancer. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what it is, right? Yes, but that's what I clicked on to, to go here, and I was really hoping it would do that, and it did. I mean, you know, I'm unsure because number eight is Olivia Moon, and yes, yeah, she did is it. a cancer to society. You found it? Yeah. George Clooney, Midnight Sky. George Clooney. Yeah. That was the one. Okay. Yeah, Midnight Sky. Uh, not good. <laughs> um. It had one really cool scene that they put all the budget into, um, which was like a, a flashback 
of them being on a, on the planet, the new planet that they found, that they were going to be like, oh, we're going to live on this. And it was super cool, and it lasted 10 seconds. And then it's like back on this icy wasteland to George Clooney hallucinating about like a dead person or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing all this because this trailer for Finch is uh, quite... Uh, it doesn't show this movie doesn't look to be breaking any new ground here it's it's oh man the world's about to die but i'm the last we're the last vestige of hope and we're just you are so hopeful about the world the human spirit will prevail here's a robot he talks like human and he learns to love fuck me it's gonna have a really send me to hell it's gonna have a really dumb convoluted plot Uh, involving like Tom Hanks with his new robot and his dog has to get to... I don't think the plot's going to be very convoluted. I think it's going to be not... very straightforward and very basic. And it's just... It's, gonna... it's, it's, it's post-apocalyptic apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. Just like The Road, just like I Am Legend, just like a dozen other movies you've seen before about a man and his companions who has to navigate marauders... Yep, and it's gonna rely heavily on like showing you the world and showing you how these because like the beginning of this movie was all like, look at these tornadoes, look at how crazy shit is, and then there's also the Boston Dynamics robot that has uh, mm-hmm. maybe some humor. I don't know. He's gonna say know. funny robot things. Yeah, he's gonna do funny robot things. He's like, like I don't know what a joke robot. is, so I'm. He's make a funny innocent film. robot. Yeah. He's cha- he is it's it's just chappy. It's just chappy. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um no, it's, it's BT. It's, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be good. Hey, don't don't put that, that smack on Titanfall's name. Oh, does that we yeah. yeah, elevate it above this. Tom <laughs> Hanks can't wall run. <laughs> he doesn't have that parkour skill. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks is like a fucking battle mech pilot. Sure, I'll watch that shit. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pilot this walker unit right into your face. And then Tom Hanks just fucking virtual fighter punches a robot in the face. Oh, that's that's a brilliant Tom Hanks impression. Felt like he was here. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the fucking he's got the type. He loves those typewriters. So he's just going to operate it by a typewriter like it's fucking big O. Sounded like his son trying Cast to do the a name of God. Of Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks not guilty. Sounded what oh. it, it, I mean. It sounded like what it was—a mediocre impressionist trying to do an impression of someone he's never practiced before. Exactly. I'm Tom Hanks. That's different from my normal voice. I'm doing oh, an impression. Oh my God. That's trailers. Um, that's that's trailers. Follow up. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings down thirty seven point six percent, but still in first twenty one point six million. In a distant second, we have Free Guy, only dropped eight point eight percent over the weekend, despite dropping out of nearly four hundred theaters. It's made three hundred million worldwide. Pretty good take for a movie that. Just was in limbo for years. Uh, Shang Chi made three twenty five million worldwide as a comp. Um, it actually feels kind of shitty for Shang Chi. You'd think that would 
out-earn a movie like Free Guy substantially. Um, but well, I think I know probably a big reason is that it's I still mean, yeah, not it released in, in China. China. Yeah, like that. That's actually kind of astounding, honestly. Um, Imagine having your kung fu movie not released in China. Like, I, I'm, I'm wondering if it'll Chinese like, mythology. <laughs> I'm wondering if it'll have like a late, like boost. Um, maybe they do a re-release or something like that. I I have no clue. It, it even if it even is going to be released in China, I mean they might just straight out ban it. Um, but maybe they can edit some things out or put some things in that the Chinese audience will be like preferential to. Um, I don't really know why it's banned. I think it's got some anti-China sentiment. I don't think it's about the well, magical beast. I don't think it has think any anti-China. I know that China's got rules about like magic and shit like that in their movies and but the bad guy was chinese so for yeah, the so majority the good of guy well so. yeah i know but that doesn't matter the bad guy was chinese and the good guy was an americanized chinese guy um i'm just gonna straight ask the machine mind and ask why shang chi isn't released in china because I feel like if you, you know, can do that, it like, violates a few of their rules about what they like. But like, they, don't they movies. have that that fucking Wukong monkey business movie with all like the mystical beasts? See, but that's and like that's like uh, classic Chinese literature, so they can they can get away with that shit. Yeah, like Journey to the West sort of shit. That's that's like indelible in the culture. Marvel's probably going to be like, oh, actually, the rings are like technology and not magic, so. Oh, you law Iron Man, so you gotta allow these go. man with the rings on his arms. From from the New York Times, uh, Disney, which owns Marvel, has yet to receive clearance from Beijing's regulators to show the film in the vast but heavily censored movie market. While reasons aren't clear, Shang-Chi may be a victim of the low point in U.S.-China relations. Okay. Although NPR told me this morning that investors are higher on the prospects of Chinese trading versus the the 2018 trade war. Yeah, I guess though I'm looking at this and the article is saying that like in the rest of Asia, it's it's pretty popular. Oh, okay. oh I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I could I could but see that. Sure. As as densely populated as the rest of Asia is, like nothing compares to China except for maybe yeah. India if you want to count that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is technically Just... Asian, but. Just wait for India Man movie to come out. I don't know. Is there an Indian um, superhero? Well, what's her face? The stretchy Miss Marvel's Pakistani, yeah. um, which is no India close. hates Pakistan. <laughs> I know well, that from a meme. I don't. They have, have those. They have the, that big uh, gate closing fucking ceremony so where they try to out swag each other. It's basically. It's basically. They're culturally they're very similar, but. Pakistan's yeah. pre- dominantly Muslim and yeah. India's predominantly Hindu. Yeah. So, well, I just know from like a meme about Pakistan where they were going to like stop Indian drone strikes or something like that or drone strike India more. Yeah, relationships between the two countries aren't very good. Yes. Um, but oh. they're 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 basically the same culture separated by religion. I found I found a it's fantastic kind of a top ten list. Actually, I could see India not liking this movie because they don't really like 
China right now. But then again, China doesn't like this movie, so I don't know. I don't, just go see the movie, people. Oh, it's it's fu- oh oh is Raw one? We never watched Raw one for Shitty Avengers. It's no. I don't know if it's still sitting on my Plex Surfer or if I deleted yeah. it. We've got a shot. I'm looking at. We got a list here of top ten Shakti Indian superheroes Man. of all time. Number one, Shakti Man. Shakti Man. Oh, I like Number the two. second one. Doja. Doga. Not to be confused with Doja Cat. This is yeah. Doga. Nagraj. Inspector um, Steel. Inspector Ooh. Steel. I like that. Davey. You know, Davy Garcia. <laughs> yeah, he's pitching prospect. Krish. Raw one. Yep. It's number seven. Raw one. Yep. Berea. Berea. Yo, what? Why are they so, so I guess India has its own um, comic book like company. Raj Comics. Uh, does that surprise anyone? <laughs> yes. I guess it should. I'm learning it now. I am I mean, surprised. I didn't know about it, but it it checks out. India's mm-hmm. the second most populous country in the world. I'm sure they have a, a comic book yeah. industry. Yeah. I, I don't No, I, I don't care about anybody other than the US. Good old US of A. Carmanu. In number God 3, we have Cry Macho, which opened with 4.426 million. Indian superhero. And has has grossed a whopping 256k worldwide <laughs> or uh internationally. Uh, 4.682. It's it's not reviewed positively. It's the worst reviewed Clint Eastwood movie ever, I think. Oh, lordy. Kind of makes me want to try that for the uh, the follow-up, but not this week. Yeah, not this week. We, this week. We, 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 picked, we picked an oldie that we never got to cover in, in this way before because we weren't doing it at the time on the podcast. Um, although its tomato meter has bumped up to 54%, which is higher than it was when I last looked at it. So it's it's getting some late buzz, I guess. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood's got to be like 98. <laughs> um, Candyman in fourth, 3.5 million, down 26%. Malignant drops 50%, 2.7 million. It's made $24 million worldwide, so it's definitely made its money back. Uh, Cop Shop, which was a movie I was kind of interested in. Um, maybe we'll scope it out for for a future episode. Um, it's uh, It opened with three or $2.35 million in 3,000 theaters, so I'm sure a lot less than they were hoping for. Uh, and its international box office wasn't that strong either. It's south of a million. It's made about four million worldwide. Uh, Jungle Cruise hanging on the top ten here in its eighth week. Two million dollars down ten point eight percent out of five hundred theaters. Uh, Paw Patrol the movie one point seven million dollars down twenty five point one percent. Don't Breathe two drops a whopping forty two percent. Still in the top 10, but $671,000 is hardly an impressive take, and it dropped out of 700 theaters, so it's not going to be long for for the theatrical. I think it's already available video on demand, so. Uh. <laughs> yep, it'll make plenty of mo- That's where the real money is. 
Merchandising. That's where the real money of the movies made. Folded into the marketing. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Opened in 10th, $652,000. An intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker. Yep. Jim Baker's lovely wife. It's a, it's a, it's a shock that that didn't, didn't do better. Uh, it's only in 400 theaters, so it's, uh, it's a limited release. Searchlight Pictures. Formerly Fox Searchlight, but now it's owned by Disney. Because Disney owns everything now. Um, but none of those are a spotlight film. We must go down to 15th. Ghost in the Shell was a movie released in 2017. And it was, uh, it was in the genesis of the podcast. We were a year into it at the time. We weren't. The land of IMDb user reviews was far off concept in our ha- eyes. Um, yep. So we never covered it in that regard. Really but we did cover the controversy. And mm-hmm. uh, they released it. Scant four years later for a 4K remaster. Uh, never mind the fact that this is a. Uh... Oh, wait, is this the actual anime movie? It is. Oh, did you look at the. Yeah, I did. I see. Oh, all right. So that makes a little more sense. Um. Mm hmm. So we're taking a look at Ghost in the Shell as I scramble to find reviews. The ScarJo version, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it was re-released as part of uh, one of those Fathom Events things. I was sad because I realized that in August I had missed out on seeing Lupin the Third the First on an actual movie theater screen, which would have fucking rocked my socks. I would have been... Like I was, I was so hyped, and then I was like, it's September." I'm like, "Oh shit! I totally forgot about looking at that at all," which makes me sad because, you know, it'll probably come around again. I'm sure. Um, there's always some like fathom events. I always have stuff, but then again, I gotta go out to the theater to like go see the cinematic event. Why can't I just have like a movie theater at my own house? <laughs> and just. Put eight screens, like put a fucking cineplex in the side room that I don't use that much. <laughs> I'm kind of interested uh, to see what they got on tap right so now. Are you looking up uh, reviews for the 95 one? Because I don't think there's a 4K remaster list. Oh, uh, are we not looking up reviews of the the ScarJo one? Wait, which well, one are we doing? that's what I that's what I had, I put in the chat and what I brought up. <laughs> Yeah, um, I did that. not click on the thing because this is a 4K remaster of the 1995 Ghost in the Shell, which makes a lot more sense. Yes, but we were <laughs> going to use this to talk about the ScarJo movie, so we're pulling Let's a bait and switch here. That. Fucking sue me. Um, so I got one here. It, it, it's fucking Blade Runner. Okay. Ghost in the Shell's Blade Runner. Watch Blade Runner instead. You won't contract weebism. I'm a fan. Um, you should be. On the other hand, that they, you that like they animation. would steal Blade Runner like that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, other, I, on the I, other I hand, if you are a weeb, just watch this, and then you can kind of fumble your way through a conversation about Blade Runner without seeming like you don't know what's going on. Yeah. See, so you can. It's always a way you can work it the other or, way, or you could watch Blade Runner. <laughs> if you're, or Ghost in the what about Shell. the animated director's cut of Blade Runner? For a better story. What? I've never seen Ghost in the Shell. Have you seen Blade Runner? No. Okay. Well. It's the same. <laughs> Kapower. Oh, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> ah, funny joke. All right. Um, Blade Runner Black Lotus. The Blade Runner franchise is set to have another exciting addition to its universe in the form of anime series Black Lotus. Hell yeah. When's it coming out? Don't know. It's going to be on Adult Swim some point. So Tsunami. Aramaki, right? Kenji Kamiya, or Kamiyama. I don't know either of these guys. Let's see if I can figure out what the fuck they actually made. Um, oh, okay. They made the 2012 Cyborg 009. Okay. Well, that's not a bad one. But not. I don't want him to make a fucking. I don't want this guy to make a fucking Blade Runner. Uh, Kapower00710 has a 10 out of 10 review of the ScarJo Ghost in the Shell. If you're a fan, go and see it. If you're not, go and see it. Submitted March 29, 2017. I have just seen the movie at an advanced screening. I'm writing here because somehow there are already 34 baseless reviews from people who haven't seen the film. I registered immediately to rectify that situation. We have a crusader on our hands, folks. I was truly concerned that this movie wouldn't satisfy me as a fan, even though the accusations of whitewashing were baseless to begin with. I was concerned that they may have westernized or washed out some of the gits flavor that I know and love. To me, this film was fantastic. I went in expecting to be disappointed, and I came out grinning ear to ear. I laughed as I watched Aramaki be a downright badass. Not one word, bad space ass. Uh, the relationship between Major and Bato was freaking spot on. There's a lot of philosophy to represent. And that's not easy to do in a movie designed to capture and keep attention. I don't know, The Matrix did it pretty well. But they did it. The fan service was brilliant, and I loved it. It was visually stunning. The soundtrack was wonderful. ScarJo was an excellent study of the major. It was not tacky or cliche at all. Please do not listen to the inevitable, vapid, borderline insulting critiques that you'll no doubt uncover by various news media who are targeted with pumping out a review for a movie they genuinely don't give two shits about. This movie won't be for everyone, even though I said if you're not a fan, go and see it. It's sci-fi, it's intellectual, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's good. It's a classic, and I, for one, am genuinely gratified and impressed. Good work. Uh, Fair. 
you have to have a very high IQ to understand the a ghost. A lot of engagement for this. 886 out of 1746 found it helpful. Well, That's so many. That's so ca- many. Casiriori. Cas- Forget about her name. Uh, said, one out of ten, who needed an American remake of Ghosts in the Shale? Nobody. Repeat after me. I'm Nobody. sure. I'm sure that's the voice of a true Ghost in the Shell fan. And I am American. By the way, what was up with all these Japanese dude being showered with bullets and he hold up a piece of metal covering a third of his body and not a single bullet kills him exclamation question exclamation question 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 how stupid are these films question mark question mark 148 out of a solid 216 people decided to say this was helpful it's about the same percentage as my review was. Um, and I have a similarly very, very popular Ghost in the Shell review. Five out of ten by uh, D Mansion with a C-H. Manchon. D Manchon. Manchon. Um, Ghost in the Shell for dummies. Uh, maybe I had my hopes too high for this one. Like many other fans of the original material, this adaptation has intrigued me since the first trailers were available online. Because it really looked nice visually, but is this movie worth it to be part of the Gitz universe? Short answer, not really. Not not even nice try. Long answer. <laughs> the cinema the cinematography is truly remarkable. It somehow reproduced the atmosphere of the original anime. The decaying, depressing, dark megalopolis is correctly reproduced here, despite the giant weird advertisements that are spread around that doesn't really make any sense, didn't appear in the anime. What are they trying to sell? The costumes, robots, and general look and feel of the characters are quite satisfying and solid. The music is not bad at all, includes some of the original score, and it worked toward creating a dense and dark environment. The acting is standard, not bad at all. The script is, oh boy, let me breath. To use nice words, the script seems to be written addressed to children or to very slow people. All the rich complexity, all the mature and philosophical themes, all the sides of the story that the original material let out to be imagined by the viewer, all that is gone here. Here you can find a bland generic script that explain a a generic origin story that never tries to get into the philosophical or ethical implications of human body enhancements or AI, where the characters are one-sided, good versus bad people. We are used to that oversimplification of a movie plot, since we sadly live in a world conquered by the Marvel-slash-Batman method of making a movie, where the plot should be simple and thin, the characters shouldn't have any grays, and the action should be convoluted and confusing, full of minions to destroy for the sake of fill 100 minutes. Well, at least there this was one thing the Dark Knight was known for, it's its flat characters <laughs> with, with moral no moral ambiguity. No. Um, well, at least this adaptation has correct action scenes that are easy to follow, and most of the time are not annoying. To wrap up, a correct movie that shines in the visual and action sides, but has a forgettable script and characters. It will probably perform good in the box office, and that worries me, because what could come next? 
it will be really sad to see how they reduce Akira, Jinro, Evangelion, or Cowboy Bebop to a generic action blockbuster without any of the things that made those stories great. Twelve eighty four out of two thousand eighty seven found it's that helpful. It's scary because they're coming out with a ghost. Uh, no, Cowboy Bebop live action. I don't. F- I don't think they'd Are ever they? make an Akira live action movie. Because I yeah, think I don't you know need to like. Did dig up the corpse of fucking David Cronenberg. Yeah, they to wouldn't. properly uh, do that body horror. Um, Alright. I got a <laughs> just a fantastic username here. Do not come to the cinema depressed as a 10 out of 10 mm. review of Ghost in the Shell. Submitted April 5th, 2020, so not quite for the re-release. Not that it was actually re-released, but we'll pretend like it was. Uh, The world of Ghost in the Shell is so immersive. It was an amazing cinematic experience, and I was glad to see this. This is written by Scarlett Johansson, by the way. Uh, And I was glad to see this in the cinema to see and feel the full force of it. Parts of the film. Colon. (laughs) <laughs> bullet bolded list bullet number one scarlet is so good in this i imagine it must have been hard to suppress her emotions to play as a robot slash human but she does it very well in this the world bullet number two the world of ghost in the shell looks so beautiful and it also has a gritty look to it too it joins together and makes a fantastic world it was a surreal experience during my watch of it at the cinema Bullet number three. You must be able to retain attention. You need the this ability because the story goes from beat to beat, unlike any other story that just goes and stays on a single beat. The scene with Major chasing Skinny Man through the projects was so good. The wide shot of the fight in the water with the amazing buildings behind is one of the greatest cinematic scenes I have witnessed. Overall, a super cinematic experience. Three out of twenty-five found it. Uh, that's what somebody would sound like if they had gone to the movies once, and the only thing that they <laughs> saw was ScarJo's Ghost in the Shell remake. It, you know, it's it sounds like fucking Chinese electronics companies that like write their user manual or their Amazon description pages, and it's like. Like, I can understand what you're trying to say, but that is not at all how you're supposed to say that. (laughs) So, I thought I had a good one, and I really wanted to say bastardization, but um, I have to go with this one because the the people outreach has been crazy on this one. Um, One out of ten from a a Michael Tong ghostless shell. (laughs) Ha! Man, he is a man of taste. He definitely fucks with that dick. Um, Michael Tong says, Ghostless Shell, it would be very difficult for an adaptation to live up to the 1995 Ghost in the Shell anime film, but this doesn't even come close. I didn't want to hate it, but it was so bad I couldn't finish it. It's hard to pick out which element is the worst because it falls flat on every one. This story isn't engaging the Dialogue is bad and poorly delivered. The action isn't exciting. 
The art design is bland, and so is the soundtrack. 1995's Ghost in the Shell has a very hypnotic, slow-paced rhythm, much like Blade Runner, but this live-action version just feels so generic, despite the fact that they try to recall some aspects of the anime films and TV shows. The whole thing just looks and feels cheap like a soulless copy of its former self. If you haven't seen the 1995 or 2004 anime films, you might not have such a high bar and might be able to tolerate it. But even on its own, it isn't very good. And there are many sci-fi films that do it better, much better. 331 out of 515 found this helpful. So, you know, 3 out of 5, but goddamn, that's a lot of people. A large 3 out of a large 5. Large three um, and a large five. And then finally, uh, we just have... I just picked this one out just because this man just went pure hate. This man chose chose violence. <laughs> um, we've got... It's a pretty it's a pretty short, compact review. Ketsum's, uh four out of ten review. We, I gotta get into the... I gotta get into the voice. Hollywood should not redo foreign art. If you are a preteen, this story may not work for you. If you have any common sense, the bad dialogue and blatant attempted remake of every Ghost in the Shell misunderstanding will drive you crazy. Special effects are decent, and the story moves along at a decent pace. However, Johansson should go do spinster sitcom, not action or superhero movies. She is a one-dimensional character with a digitally Botox face that walks like an ape. I would never watch this movie again. 60 out of 86. <laughs> Found that that was a 4 out of 10? That was a 4 out of 10. He's a very generous, uh, generous man. <laughs> <laughs> Those, like the mediocre ones have like have secret vitriol in them because they're just like this is just mediocre. Like four is just the bottom of his scale. Exactly. Just it's four, like uh, it's like in the critic. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like okay, you give it a thumbs up or two thumbs up. Well, what if I didn't like it? Well, that's what the thumbs up is for. <laughs> four, four is like. Oh, I really hate this movie, and I gotta give it a review. And I'm just mad that I have to even review it. Four. So on, on my scale, which I haven't been doing, as I've been doing it the last few weeks, I guess so I've gotten back on it. I use all ten points on the scale because why have ten points if the bottom of your scale is like six? Um, so on my scale, five is an average movie. Four would be a below average movie that has a couple of redeeming qualities. And then you go so Mm -hmm. on down the list with fewer and fewer redeeming qualities where like a one is like Neil Breen territory. (laughs) I think I gave Double Down a 0.6. I think that's the lowest I've ever rated a movie. That's fair. Rough, on the gaming on the news. Bus. On the gaming news. Do you blame me, Jake? Do you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Discord is testing official YouTube integration. A new feature called Watch Together is reportedly available on a very small number of servers. There are several sites that offer you the ability to watch YouTube with your friends. 
uh, Discord is is uh, looking to integrate this feature, but if you if you're not one of the select few who has this feature, fret not. There are myriad ways to do it. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's that. Uh, just just share your screen. Roblox introduces an opt-in age verification system. Players will need to verify that they're 13 before gaining access to Roblox planned spatial voice chat. How the fuck uh, do you verify that? Just I don't know age. if they're going to ask for ID. Oh, yes. Okay. Announced this week on Roblox DevBlog. The new system requires players to scam some form of legally recognized ID. Passport, driver's license, state-issued ID card using the official Roblox app. Yes. Give Roblox all your your information. Yes, social security number. They certainly won't sell that to anyone. Jesus. Social security? That is rough. That's what I, I don't think they that. listed social security card, but I'm sure oh. that would be a valid form of ID that they would totally not do anything with the picture of your social security card. I think my mind just auto filled it. <laughs> I heard driver's license, passport, and then my brain went social security. That's weird. Man, a pa- it's expensive, but a passport is is so worth it. Because it counts as two forms of ID. It's a lot easier to bring a passport to a place than it is to bring two forms of ID. But they're so big. Why why are so... I could just give my social security card away like to anybody. And like nothing would happen probably, right? I mean, what are they going to do with it? It's a number. It's like... You know, open a bank account in your name. Open credit cards in your name. That's not going to get my money, you know? Yeah, man, they're just gonna deposit money into my account. Like, yeah, they're just gonna like uh, I, I'm gonna, gonna have access money. to more accounts. Like that is using like you know how they say like oh I'm gonna have my money make money for me. I'm gonna have my identity make money for me. So like yeah, fuck identity I'm gonna theft. Have We're going identity hun- rental. Identity <laughs> rentenity. I'll loan my identity out to somebody. 25 bucks, you can be Jake Townsend for the day. <laughs> yeah, just like open up a couple accounts, like get them. Go into know, your deli, buy some gabagool if an account you <laughs> opened in my name. <laughs> yeah, just like Venmo me like 10 or 20 bucks and like destroy use it for a my credit, days. daddy. <laughs> it says here, Jacob, we got we have Jacob. He's a uh, he's a mid 20s Caucasian male and also 35 Asian college students with expired visas. Yeah, dude, I I don't I don't see the problem with this. Can you, like, su- can you get your Peter, Peter, you're your being ID? generous. Jake's in his late twenties now. Okay. <laughs> no, don't I worry. stopped at twenty four. Jake, don't worry, I'll be there on Sunday. <laughs> oh, Jesus! I too will be we're in my old. late twenties. Yeah, we're getting there. We're- so yeah, rent out rent out three years of your identity, and you'll be young again. I think that's how it works. It's like a Horcrux. Yeah, something like could, that. Could you imagine if, well, if like, fucking like Voldemort's Horcrux was just alternative accounts on his like fucking just Twitter? Picture of Dorian Gray NFT. Can yeah. somebody go on yes. the dark? Yes. Can somebody go on the dark web and just like sell their identity and just be like make a quick buck? 
How much? That's got to be going yes. for a pretty penny. Yes. I have plenty of. I feel. I feel like the amount of money you would get for selling your identity would not be worth selling your identity. At the at the very least, at the very least, I could sell it, use that money real quick, pay off my loans or whatever, maybe have a little couple extra bucks, go you know live it up in Vegas for a weekend. I don't know. Buy a cheaper identity. <laughs> <laughs> on the black market, <laughs> downsize your identity. <laughs> yeah, I'd be done. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, downsizing identities. What a fucking concept. What is a man? No, seriously, I'm looking to invest. Yeah. Um, speaking of Castlevania quotes, Castlevania Advance Collection is releasing today. Which is exciting. The announcement of Castlevania Advance Collection at Nintendo Direct was no surprise. It was added by the Australian uh, National Committee. Uh, no, the Australian Classification Board back in June of this year. Uh, the amount of Castlevania... Oh, I'm sorry. The, Castle, the amount of Castlevania Advance Collections. That makes total sense. The collection introduces some nice quality of life improvements. There's a rewind function, much like the uh, the uh, Genesis collection on Switch and PC. I love that rewind function. Really makes uh, really makes those Sonic levels a lot shorter when you miss that jump by a little bit. <laughs> Try it again. Um, it contains um. For handheld installments, so it's not just the Game Boy Advance titles. Um, it has Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow, and Dracula X, which I believe is the Americanization of Rondo of Blood. Okay. Which is the game directly before Symphony of the Night, uh, my favorite era of Castlevania. Richter Belmont, best Belmont, fight me. Top of all Belmonts. Castlevania Advanced Collection releases today, and it'll be $20. Hasn't hit Steam yet, but uh, it'll be there on uh, eventually. It's probably already on Switch. Mine, speaking of games that are on Steam, Minecraft Dungeons is now available on Steam. The family-friendly action RPG is no longer a Microsoft Store exclusive. Um, so there you go. If you're a right. Minecraft Dungeons fan, um, I'm sure you exist. Don't let anyone tell you you don't. <laughs> and enjoy Valid. being able to play it on your prefer preferred game launcher. Um... We've talked a lot about Blade Runner this week, which is mm -hmm. apropos because a Blade Runner tabletop RPG is coming next year, and it'll be set between hey. the two movies. Cool. A new Blade okay, Runner dope. tabletop role-playing game is in the works from Free League Publishing, created by the team behind the much-beloved Alien RPG. The I press mean, release says... I'm sorry? I was just thinking, D&D &D is so fucking hot right now everyone everyone wants to get their fucking tabletop 
game out. Like, Nerds is doing... They have a fucking six-module campaign. Oh, my God. That you can, like... You know, when you buy the little fucking... These new, the new candy, which is the nerd colloids. <laughs> like, the nerd fucking um, uh, surfactant. That, uh, you know, they emulsified it with nerds. On the back, you can, like, fucking email them. And they'll send you, like, a fucking box with a, with a campaign about nerds. Jesus, you can play that's nerds. Awesome. It has fucking um, it has stat blocks for like nerd Ooh. creatures. I want. Oh yeah, I want to do that. There's more than one nerd creature. Next, yeah, next life. Fucking, next, uh, let me look up nerds. Want to do a nerd D&D. thing. Well, yeah, I guess I, this is. I guess um, I guess this is a big time for like D and D style like tabletop games, and also like trying to introduce them to the virtual line. Um, there was a lot of push for that now that for COVID and the, the push for D&D. Uh, Gloomhaven, I know we tried to do that on Tabletop Simulator, and that's getting a digital version, uh, and it leaves early access on October 20th, so it's going to be uh, available maybe, to maybe more Maybe we'll people. play the, the digital version where it's set yeah. up for us. <laughs> maybe, that'll, <laughs> maybe that'll help out. Maybe we won't spend an hour and a half trying in vain to set <laughs> up the game. There's a lot of fucking setup for that shit, and I can't wrap my noggin around it so much stuff mm-hmm. so Man. which which candy product will be the next magic secret layer it's the question jesus don't stop we'll get the, we'll get the m&m secret layer snickers i'd oh, say yes uh, all m&m's, the m&m characters huh? m&m's or maybe like uh jolly ranchers just something with colors mm-hmm. it will i guess it would be a cereal promotion where they just do like you know, Cocoa Pebbles as yeah. the the deck of Cocoa Pebbles and tricks as just yep. the deck tricks. Lucky Charms, got you the know, leprechaun when shit. you um back in the nineties, in the early two thousands, magic decks uh were named after cereals. Back in the nineties we I were on a very it. famous TV show called yep. Prisoners of the Ghostlands. Alrighty. Don't act like you yes, don't sir. know what this movie's about, because its plot was so clear and concise, and you totally had a frame of reference that grounded you for all the fucking weird shit that it threw at you. Definitely weren't lost from the get-go, and never gained your bearings. Certainly not. Um, on the <sighs> one hand, great. this had a, a very... The, the plot underneath was was very simple um but they they dressed it up with a lot of bullshit um yes and it ended up convoluting the whole thing beyond recognition and not in like a cool way like hylix did because i like that and you can go so you can go soul crisper soul crisper soul crisper and it makes a funny sound and then and then you have uh, you see you snap at people like that's fun. Nick Cage yelling. Well, I guess Nick Cage yelling about his testicles. It's also fun in its own way. But um, yeah, but I feel like that should have been a lot more like that. That, that needed scene. more Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. those bombs were really ineffectual after being built up as. <laughs> really Fireworks. bad news yeah there really weren't much I saw this movie when I was tired and that was 
the worst choice. Um, I, I I had to watch this movie in two parts. I made it yep. about an hour in in my first sitting, and I just could take no more. So I I stopped, and I finished yeah. the remaining 30 minutes before Dynamite yesterday. Yep, so instead of um, being an adventure and kind of uh, like a weird kind of psychedelic trip kind of thing, like it was maybe hyped up to be, it was, um, it really felt like a car commercial. Like it had the aesthetics of a car commercial, right? I was ready for the Nissan Rev4 to just like pop out from behind the giant clock tower with like the V, the flying V of Nissan offerings and zero <laughs> APR to just pop up on the screen while Nick Cage is driving with, with uh uh Sophia Batella away from the yeah. ghost lands. <laughs> we had joked um, yeah. at the trailer stage that this was a, a sequel to Willie's Wonderland and this is where he drove off to. Um I wish that were the case. That would have been a lot more interesting. But instead we got a movie that just assaults you with weird shit from yeah. the jump. And, uh-huh. like, you can do that, but you need to have a reference frame. You need to have something normal and grounded in reality that the audience can identify with, like their little safe haven amidst the torrent of, of weird bullshit. This movie didn't have any of that. There was nothing that was was familiar to a general audience to look at, except maybe Nick Cage himself, but even his character was weird. But I guess you you just see him and you're like, oh, that's Nick Cage in this weird thing. There's a pull quote from Nick Cage that this is the wildest movie he ever did. Uh, I could, I guess that's a fair critique. Sure. Um, it sure as hell seemed like it. In terms of just like the amount of weird shit. But... Overall, like it, it isn't even like that original. Like this, the samurai meets western aesthetic has been weirdly in vogue for the past like decade and a half. Like with stuff mm-hmm. like Kill Bill and Red Steel and Sturgill the, Simpson's album that he came out with, which was a whole fucking thing. That was this yeah, the third, know? the third Borderlands three DLC like that. Mm-hmm. Samurai meets Western fusion concept has been done before, so this wasn't even that visually novel. And the story and acting performances in it could not carry the film. <laughs> no, I couldn't um, even tell you what the fuck the story was beyond guy goes to save girl from creepy for for creepy cult leader because his balls will blow up if he doesn't uh and it's like it's like a bunch of of art degree majors or or performance dance majors in between jobs uh got their job on this so that they could scream at the camera for Mm -hmm. a good hour or so there's a lot of yelling in this there's there's so much yelling Yeah, the the other thing was like, okay, let's let's give it the thin plot. All right, let I'll I'll mm-hmm. give you that thin plot. Is there anything else that can like back it up, like world building or character development? There is nothing in that aspect. There's a little bit of world building, but it, they do such a bad job. They rely on literally a slideshow. 
to convey that to you. And yes, it's quirky and weird in that realm, but like, dude, being not quirky show. and weird is not in itself virtuous. Yeah. I feel like yes. that needs to be drilled down into society as a whole. Like, there's nothing wrong with being quirky and weird, but you need to be a little more than just that if you want to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to draw a direct comparison here between this movie and Zebra Man. The Zebra Man also had a very absurd plot that was trying to do something like kind of artsy. Um, but that did it in a lot more of a coherent way. Yeah, I could follow the plot of Zebra Man. It was a little outlandish, but it was... It was linear. It was easy to follow. One thing led to the next. This movie is kind of all over the place. Uh, You're not really sure if the experiences of the characters are actually happening to them or if they're flashbacks or hallucinations. You'll see a scene with characters doing shit and then the next scene will be Nicolas Cage waking up. So you're like, oh, was that a dream? Did he pass out? What what the fuck is happening here? You had it also it, like I it texted also doesn't help that like the guys halfway. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you you cut out as you were trying to doing the back and forth. With no, the you go. Um, so yeah, like it doesn't help that the fact that these flashbacks and these different side things were. Um, like the same uh the same place like the same environment so you couldn't even rely too much on like environment to tell you that this is not a different thing because you're like oh are they cutting back to like the town uh is this a flashback is this like in their head is a dream so i totally agree with that it's so confusing at at certain points Mm -hmm. this is we i mentioned earlier this is the experience of walking uh i we we used harder hall as the example but any any art school um hallways because just looking at the art projects um you know you can see they're obviously super duper like fucking allegorical and whoever made them had a lot that they wanted to put into it but they did they could not communicate it effectively and it's all still locked in the head like in this movie all the shit that's going on i feel like is still locked in the heads of the writers and and the director sono which um i've done i've done a little looking and even among his his fans his followers um they're like this is not his best work this was yeah i've there was I've stuff read... cut from this it just didn't feel right like I think about all the little things that they throw in that really don't do anything like the, uh, you know, I guess not even spoilers, but shit like the mannequins, the fucking rat people, like the storyteller, the sort like why? Like they didn't uh, elaborate on those at all. Um, and they were just there. Yeah. The only upshot of this is that, because it's Nick Cage and he just kind of does his thing, you get some you you get some I guess unintentionally funny moments like the one um, where he's starting out his adventure and he gets on a fucking bike and he just starts pedaling out. Yeah, <laughs> that was so good. 
At that and point, the, point, the, the samurai movie, pulls up. I, he's like, "No, take the fucking car." At that point in the movie, I had hopes. I was confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when he went away on the bike, I'm like, "Okay, I have a feeling this is going to be exactly what I want and expect out of this." And then it was not at all what I wanted or expected out of it. I, that I got so fucking pissed at that because I was like, "Okay, all right, cool. He's he's." Using a, a little uh, a bike inside of the car, maybe he knows something. Maybe he's like, "Oh, a car is going to attract attention or something." He and doesn't the trust bike them. Is more quiet. Or, yeah. Or yeah, he doesn't trust them, and he's like, "It's going to blow up or something." And I'm just like, "Take me there, Nick Cage. Take me." God, damn it! Why then, is this so fucking weird? And then it's like everything outside of these, I guess, walls are just like dangerous. Maybe are they dead? Yeah. Do they, like, run away? So I think at this point we have to shift into spoiler talks to uh, navigate this. So, like, the basic plot of this movie is Nick Cage was a a bank robber, Mm -hmm, and he and his partner robbed a bank, and his partner went off the deep end and shot a bunch of people, and Nick Cage was the one left holding the bag. Even though the other robber also got arrested, we find out. And died yes. in the prison bus. So, uh, and then this is one of the immediate problems where the characterization of Nick Cage, where he's like, is he a bad guy or a good guy? The movie can't seem to decide if he's a bad guy worth having redemption or if he's a good guy framed for a crime he didn't commit. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, but in any case, I don't he's, know if he's done speaking. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oof. Okay, there it goes. Discord, come on, hamsters work. <laughs> no, yeah, um, yeah, but he's let out of prison, and the the governor. I love, I like the, I like the governor just because one, I can understand what he's saying, <laughs> because again, I did not realize until halfway through that there were subtitles for this movie, so I couldn't tell whether they were speaking in a very thick Japanese accent or just speaking Japanese, because the sound mix also sucks. And the score is not a good score. I'm sorry. It's generic movie uh, orchestral score. When I didn't this movie even really needed the music. So it really needed a music thing to carry it. Yeah. It, uh, it lacked in a lot of ways. So, yeah, he's let out of prison from the governor who just runs a, a harem. The hilar- yeah, the hilarious... Uh, He's the fucking Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. He leads a town of, of like cowboys and and samurai and and concubines. And there's this one guy who works security for him and he's the brother of one of the concubines. But you only find that out like two hours into the movie. And you have the subtitles on. I don't care. Why are you trying to bring this up? I don't know who either of these characters are. Why are you trying to make me care about an inner conflict within this character who's had maybe two minutes of screen time? With yeah. the most, and if you re, actually like, when you're looking at the dialogue, it's the worst shit ever. Like the the exposition, they literally go, "Oh, hey, are is she your sister who's in captivity, and that's why you're forced to work for the governor?" Oh, I bet that sucks that you're the brother of one of the concubines and have to work for the governor. And he's yeah. like, okay, this scene's over. It's <laughs> but oh, it's the governor is Yeah, he's such a it's such a silly ass fucking western stereotype or southern stereotype. And um 
he, oh, he lays it on real thick because he's yeah, the and governor. There's just so much weird, like, ticks and traditions of the society oh, the, the, they've built there. The fucking chanting that just starts happening. Yeah, the fucking songs they sing and the chanting and the the the, the TikTok clock bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many things happened for the sake of happening and not having like a purpose. And it was the dumbest thing ever. It took me out of the movie. It wasn't funny. It wasn't impactful to the movie. There was this weird clock theme throughout. I think that was the point of them singing TikTok, TikTok. Like the one, the one girl, Mm -hmm. uh, the Susie or whatever should have died and didn't die. And, and I was confused that she was actually going to die. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, and governor says the word testicule, which I fucking it made me it made me giggle because I didn't know what I was in for. And he just said, "Oh, it's gonna blow up your testicule." Um, yeah, yeah, so Nick they Cage. they put Nick Cage in this fucking leather outfit with bombs on his arms, his neck, and his testicles, and. He hypes it, the the governor hypes him up like it's a death sentence if they go off, but two of them explode and he's fucking fine. So obviously not that bad, and they explode under dubious circumstances. I love the fuck I the yeah. when the when the testicle one goes off because like he gets super horny from pouring water in her mouth or whatever, and telling and her he to just, take he's it like, off. Oh, oh, that's smart. That's smart. Ooh, and he pull and he's like looking at his own testicle, and I'm like, this is schlock. This I'm, is I'm, trash. No disrespect. Yeah, that's, that was the moment I knew it was. Yeah. Not gonna be redeemed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. That then the, when the arm blew up too, I was like, "Dude, you, you like you got a scrape on your arm? I thought it was gonna blow off his fucking arm." Yeah, I thought I was gonna like give him, but it's it's just like a fucking squib going off on his arm. It's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe a maybe maybe a second degree burn. Fucking rub some dirt on it yeah. and soldier forth. Um, yeah. So he's tasked with bringing back. So the movie opens with fucking Bernice, Bernice Sophia yeah, who no and disrespect, her posse, yeah. yeah, her posse fucking escaping, and the governor contracts Nick Cage to to find her and bring her back. He immediately finds her. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> there was no, Don't there worry was about no, pacing. Um, he, just, he just gets um, there. It's one There's scene. no like obstacle to getting to finding her. And then I don't even know if like he actually like saved her. Like cuz there was a moment where like she had this thing where she couldn't speak and the whole thing about like her speaking into his arm to give him two more days was like going to be a thing. But they never made it like an an issue. I think he just apologized that he like hurt her leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they, I, I don't know what the exact turning point was, but like all of a sudden, when the bomb is about to go off, she becomes really emotionally at, attached to him, and she's yeah. screaming into the thing. And I'm like, where did this come? This was not built at all. That was before he had apologized to her. Like it almost seems like he should have apologized to her first, then passed out, 
then like her have this moment of like i forgive you for like i guess endangering me because it he didn't shoot her the cops shot her when they were shooting at him like she mm-hmm. was collateral damage exactly which feeds into my like thing of like is he a bad guy or a good guy the movie doesn't know um it's not that yeah. it's ambiguous as the movie just doesn't know <laughs> Um, and we haven't even talked like we didn't describe what the fuck the ghost lands are. Um, it's a it's an outdoor stage set that, you know, the local college set design crew uh, put together because um, it looks like, you know, it's about to go on Broadway for like Les Mis or some shit because it's it's a bunch of scaffolding and one big clock with like smoke coming out of it. And there's a couple guys whose whole job the whole movie is just fucking holding that hand back and they really didn't want to explain it until the end um and there there people just walk there's like fucking people in mannequins because that's some sort of symbolism oh because the ghost lands take something from you and there's this guy who just walks around here's a mannequin piece like, again, they, they could have developed this character into something better, but there, he was just there. He just existed. He was a guy who dressed people up as mannequins. So at this there, point, was like, there was a, it was around this point in the movie where, like, the rat man's fucking babbling yeah. on. And I'm like, you know what? This kind of feels like what I imagine a Borderlands movie would feel like. Except they didn't bother to make any of the characters interesting or likable. <laughs> that's yeah. the main difference between, well, I hope that's going to be the main difference between the actual Borderlands movie and this. Also, I hope the plot in the Borderlands movie is more sensical please. than this. Oh my right. goodness, please. Um, yeah, so a lot of the second act, the middle of the movie, is just him dicking around like nothing happens in this movie there's no action to speak of there's no real drama to speak of i mean yeah there's there's fight scenes in that there's scenes in which characters are allegedly fighting but it's not something you're gonna write home about um and there's like maybe two or three of them in the entire movie uh there's like five scenes where a gun goes off uh just it, this this is a movie that's like an hour and 40 minutes and yeah. in that hour 40 minutes there's maybe 15 minutes of total 15 minutes of plot advancement action and character development and so you're just left wondering what the fuck am I why is this movie still going on you have nothing to offer movie just end already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's my... So like we said, like nothing happens in the second. Like he... I guess he figures out how to leave the ghost lands because everyone's prisoners of the ghost lands. <laughs> and Nick Cage has this... Uh, I, I was with Nick Cage in this moment in that I was also going insane as he made this speech where he's like, he's gone full on insane Cajo. Um, fucking full, like eyes full with the grimace, and he's he's um he's like yelling. He's like, I thought these ghosts they didn't like me, but now they like me, and I know why they're all here. It's cause I'm 
radioactive. And at some point he also yells, it's in my testicles. And that was the second mention of testicles, which I laughed at. Um, Because, not because of the word testicles, but because. It felt kind of restrained, though. Like, this wasn't full-on crazy Nick Cage. Like, there's there's a whole nother gear, maybe even two gears he could have clicked into beyond what we got in this. And I was kind of disappointed in that. I wanted, I wanted unadulterated, unfiltered John Woo face off Nick Cage. That's what I needed in this scene. Uh, yeah. But I, I got, it wasn't there. I got like the, you don't say meme Nick mm-hmm. Cage, whatever movie that was. I think he was a vampire oh, yeah, in that yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, some of that. Um, and then, oh. so they, I guess they, they, again, they explain the plot in a slideshow where they say, because there's a bunch of references to here, the bombing of Hiroshima in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, where the clock is a reference to it, and like there's a lot of nuclear stuff in town. There's like a radiation dose meter in the background. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, but the plot was the reason why it happened because the big the the rich people built up their society and dumped all the waste and like tried to push it away, but then it just it went up in a giant fireball and destroyed it, and that's why the ghost lands are there. And then there was a separate thing where I guess it was I or is the inciting incident where prison bus hit the nuclear waste. Uh, truck and as we all know nuclear waste is still incredibly volatile um, and active that's why it's waste (laughs) Um, and exploded and uh, Nick Cage's uh, partner in crime who was also on the prison bus which means he was also found guilty of the crimes but he went on a prison bus and Nick Cage went to like a fucking like punji pit prison cell in his underwear for a while they were both arrested yet when the governor's breaking him out for this task he says allegedly a lot so i guess it's it's just a rumor except for the fact that they were both caught there tried and convicted evidently <laughs> mm-hmm. so the partner in crime i guess his name is psycho um he's like a he's like another ghost and Nick Cage like has a heart to heart with them to to solve that problem, um, and then they go back to the. I, I also have to talk about the kid because the kid is also a, 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 he's a source of of funny to me because like he was he's like a symbol in the flashback or whatever. But uh, Nick Cage and the the crew go back to fight the governor and have the action scene, the climax, um, as it were climbing yeah and he's i love the scene because they're fighting all these samurai and there's like blood going everywhere and the kid and he just looks over and he's hallucinating the kid and the kid's just like as these samurai he's like yeah thumbs up and then just runs away into the crowd of carnage i was like i want a gif of that i need to gift that (laughs) um yeah oh we didn't we did not mention the emotionally stunted uh, daughter character who is the other daughter of the governor who just her point is to be like almost like Ophelia level insane she's just like 
Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal with her was. Uh, she had a robot toy that she clutched a lot. I guess it was like got... trauma. I guess I, 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 I honestly couldn't tell you what her deal was and what purpose she served. And then she made the obvious betrayal when she got the 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 chain gun chain gun yeah and just started fucking mowing down <laughs> the other people it's like she obviously was not happy with you why would you yell at her to grab the fucking minigun mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> also oh, there were no bullets going into the minigun <laughs> no um also yasujiro um w- w- why why did everyone want to fight him i don't get that one maybe it was explained in a subtitle it was not like maybe his character had literally no importance he was named so i guess that makes him a little more important than any of the other anonymous henchmen but you knew nothing about him other than he was another samurai dude in the samurai town until like at the climax of the movie He's in another scene, like his second scene in the entire movie, and they talk about how his sister's one of the concubines, and that's why he's fighting for the governor. So he release him, but he won't release him because he's an evil man. And you're like, why are you putting this in your movie at this point in your movie with this character that I've seen once before? I don't give a shit. <laughs> you, also, you also might say that this movie's kind of, from our review, you kind of say, oh, these guys keep repeating the same points. Like, they're kind of treading water. Because the movie was treading water, like the movie it throws really a lot of shit anything. at you, but none of it, a lot of it, just washes off. So they have to keep hitting the same points again and again. Like I was gonna mention this earlier, but um, when when uh, we first see um, the the samurai guy, um, what, what's his name again? What's Yasujiro. Yasujiro. I should know that because the governor said Yasujiro in the most southern accent ever. Yasujiro. When we first see him, I'm always confused at why I was confused at why he was like killing the people in the town because they were like, "Oh, we got to fight Nick Cage because he's a dirty man" or something like that, and he was like defending him. Even at the end, he was defending him. Like he had to be Yasujiro's kill. Yeah. That's what it felt like towards the end. I was confused at why. Some stupid ass. I didn't know thing. why. Like I, I, and maybe that was explained in a subtitle mm-hmm. that they will edit in later. I will. I will tell you. From what I could gather, if you're if you're saying maybe it was explained in the subtitle, it was not explained in the subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll add dialogue. Maybe the deleted scenes of like, why Yasujiro's character was actually of importance. I could see this kind of gives off like a, a Daredevil theatrical cut vibe where a lot um, of like the, the supporting plot stuff was cut from the movie. Um, I will give a slight benefit of the doubt to that. Uh, also mm-hmm. worth noting, there were like eight Different production companies I was, I attached to, say that to this at some point, movie. The fucking splash screen parade at the beginning of this movie. Fucking, I, that should have been a red flag. I didn't pay attention, but that should have been a red flag. Yeah, I was. I. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, which Nick Cage has done stuff with Saturn films before, I feel like. 
Like that might be his. It, it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of leads into some of the trivia um, that I was looking at. Uh, so cool thing about this, uh, the oh, which it in that case, be. fuck yeah, because he had some he had some pull because uh, so the movie was delayed for a whole year because the director C and Sono had a heart attack, um. And that, I think, explains a little bit more because um, he moved the... So Nick Cage moved the fucking movie from Mexico to Japan when when he had a heart attack. Yeah. So so he was like, all right, well, I need you in this, so we're we're just going to pick everything up and move it over to you. Uh, So delayed a year to a heart attack, Mm -hmm. moved production companies maybe at some point during the movie, so maybe we're seeing some Mexico and Japan stuff. Um, um, he met his fifth wife during the shooting. Fifth wife during shooting. I hope it's a Japanese lady. Come on, let's let's Nick. Fifth wife. Let's just do that. Fifth wife. Uh, yep. Uh, so wait what I'm looking at this Jiu-Jitsu, Willy's Wonderland and Prisoners of the Ghostland are three Nicolas Cage movies in a row that were released with comic books oh my god maybe we need to watch the comic book that's why we didn't that's why we didn't like the movie we didn't read the we didn't read the source material dude oh that makes a lot of sense oh yeah Oh, okay. Um, so Nick Cage's wife was one of the mannequin women, Rico Shibata. <laughs> that's a... one of the mannequin women. Was his was his new wife? <laughs> that's gotta be like that. That's one of my underground names. Like I have a couple stage for when I when I have to leave the country, and Rico Shibata <laughs> is fucking absolutely gonna be one of them. Uh, yeah. Except right. it's gonna be. It's not gonna be a Japanese name. It's gonna be the anglicized version. So it's gonna be. Hey, I'm Rico Chibata. Hey. Did you? <laughs> oh god. No. You know what? This um this explains a lot for me. Um so the one of the writers, Reza Sisho Safai, um this was his 17-year passion project. Yes. He sat on... So this is his baby. That explains <laughs> why it's egg. so, like, fucking incoherent, because 90% of it was, like, he's just been mulling it over his whole <laughs> fucking... For decades. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Oh no! Could you imagine being the age we are now, and married to Nick Cage? 
one of Nick Cage's movie movies came out before she was born. Fuck. Many of his movies came out before she was born. I bet. Because <laughs> Wild at Heart came out in 1990. Jesus. He's uh, he's double her age, more than double her age. Oh my god! That's like I feel great. like at this point he almost like if it's Nick Cage, I feel like he just has a form. He is like he just goes up with like a little like video package. He's like, "Hey, I'm looking for a sugar baby. Do you want to be my sugar baby? I'm looking for a drop. <laughs> fucking fucking exactly." Like, so I'm also upset that there weren't more goofs too. So factual errors when be it, when Ber, or sorry, when Bernice shoots the governor, she shoots seven times from a six shooter without reloading. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. Um, I, you know, what really fucking irked me was that they put like Lupin the third references in this movie. Um, in the beginning, when they're in the sheriff's office, they show like, the wanted posters. Some of the wanted posters are for fucking oh. Lupin characters like Goemon. And like there's a picture of Lupin. I'm like, why are these in here? What the fuck? Who who dropped this cameo? Which which one of the 17 studios dropped that fucking cameo in there? Did you know his name? What? Who? He like Nick Cage's character. He's supposed name? to be I think he's just Hero. Hero. Yeah. He's just fucking a hero. That's great. I like it. Remember how this movie ended with them just sitting on a bench and then just faded to black? I'm pretty sure there was a make um like I don't know what what the name of that town was, but um I don't know, make Governor Town Samurai Town, yeah, make Samurai Town great again. Which I thought was a cool Little thing oh, that they you know did why right this there. reminded me of fucking art school? It's because the you know what it was the fucking flags. It was the thousand flags in like all the countries of the world hanging from the fucking rafters, and it made me think of the graduation ceremony where they had the poles and the flags going. <laughs> and I just, I just, I'm transported back there now to that baffling two hours, or like it felt like fucking two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I that was probably my same face watching this movie. Um I guess that I, I don't want to speak anymore of this thing. I just wanna <laughs> clip the funny bits and forget about it. Um and say that I watched yeah. it. I, I can't even brag that it's a really terrible bad movie that I watched. Like no. Yeah, I don't even want to show it to a friend and like, and like say, "Oh, let me let's watch this funny movie together, right?" Ha ha. Like, yep. Mm. <laughs> this is this is the saving grace. That you waste two hours there, so we can have two hours with each other here. True. <laughs> Jesus. 
That's cute. This is my movie given for you. Do this to remember me. You're, you're a cutie pie, Peter. Don't change. <laughs> oh, God, oh. no. Go watch Pig. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Throw it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say I I might do this too. Is go watch Sion uh, Sono's other films, for which he's I guess I'll, he has a lot more notoriety and yeah. probably did a lot better of a job on. Hmm. That that could be like this. I guess looking at the trivia, this seems like a very fraught production because you had to move internationally between shoots. They lost a couple of their actors, some of their headliners, yep. because of it. Um, he didn't write it, so he had to direct a screenplay that he hasn't written. That's like the first time he's done it. Yeah, I could see that. You can kind of see the on the fingerprints of of the fucking yeah. problems they had to deal with on this film. That's why I was surprised that there weren't more goofs or like I, I'm wondering if it'll it'll update and more will be added. But I'm like I could definitely see some like continuity errors or some of like that just like creeping in. Uh, yeah, just sloppy movie. Just oh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that you're a good point. Good point. Yeah, there really wasn't needs to be a movie there to be uh, continuous. But no, don't fucking go see it. Bad. Watch the trailer instead. Yeah. Mm hmm. Peace. Bye-bye.